Hello there. Welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Is It Bad For You? This is a series where we explore a wide range of things in the health and fitness industry, diving into the latest and greatest scientific research and our own thoughts to come to a pretty solid conclusion if something is indeed bad for you. We have arrived at our season finale, and of course, being the finale, it's longer than most, mainly because there's lots of ranting, especially from Tom. And the reason for that is this week, we explore whether or not the entire fitness industry is bad for you. We asked you guys to send in your thoughts on this and you did send in a lot, including things like social media pressure and standards, getting photo shoots ready, detailed meal plans, and one of you little fuckers sent in your podcast. Fuck you, Barney. Fuck you. But yeah, and there's plenty more of that. So a bit of a longer one, but if you like it when Tom goes off the rails, uh, you're going to love this one. Let's get into it. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, mate. How are we doing? Fucking hot, mate. It is another scorcher, isn't it? It's fucking taking a bit. I'm getting sick and tired of these podcasts in this heat. I know, it is fucking. I'm going to go on strike. I mean, it's all right for you. You've actually got... You, you're allowed curtains where you are. My landlord didn't give me curtains. Yeah, no fucking state of those, mate. I'm writing a sun trap as well. If you can't, if you can't see them, guys, he's got like these... They're basically translucent. Like, yeah, they, they actually are. <laughs> you can actually like, see this is face. like fucking Phantom of the Opera level shit. I can actually see your face. Yeah, like, what is oh, this dear. even supposed to do? What is this supposed to stop? I don't know. Is it a deterrent, maybe? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just to stop you if you're cutting around your room naked and stuff. Maybe it's just to stop people being able to get eyes on details. I know, you can still see a silhouette. Yeah, exactly. You can't and, see and that's details. Not, that's not me bragging. <laughs> oh god but you know when i'm uh wiping the old dick on the curtain so to speak let's dive into this this is going to be an absolute whopper i think well it depends how quick we get through we are on our season finale as you probably heard in the intro i've not yet recorded um well as we do with all our series though if we do have another topic that comes up that fits this series we will just literally add it on but for the time being we are putting is it bad for, is it bad for you to rest we're going to take a, a break almost from the series to move on to other things, which we've not actually decided yet. So you'll have to, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to find out when they are, when they come up. Um, mm. One thing we do need to address, though, is if you heard last week, you'll know that it was a bit of chaos. There's a bit of chaos going on and things got a bit out of hand. We crossed a few lines. Um, but good news. Great news, actually. We have not been cancelled. Um, you could say all is well on the Western Front. Oh, the Western we Front. <laughs> I like what you said there. See what I did there, mate. I am smooth criminal. You are indeed. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I know we, we kind of spoke about maybe like a being character this week, you know, you know, like how you've got send it, you know, Steve. I'll send it, Steve. Uh, yeah. We was literally going to make Nazi Tom. Nazi? Were we? What? But, but I'm not wearing that uniform in this heat. Oh god, yeah. Well, I think we should put that, con- uh, you know, controversy to size, Tom, because apparently there's bigger and better yeah. lines to cross. Um, to come to my attention recently, that K-pop is apparently a no-go topic in the world of social media. Uh, Korean and- pop. Yeah, yeah, pop music. Yeah, so apparently the fans are ruthless. There was a guy, yeah. a comedian, who made a joke and he got death threats from thousands and thousands of fans. Yeah. Um, making one joke. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not just career. You get it in like Japan as well. So you get K-pop, J-pop. Um, don't ask me how I know this stuff. I spend a lot of time on the internet. You, are you one of these fucking fanatics? Who just <laughs> well, it's that kind of it's that kind of culture where like, um, you know, when we had the Spice Girls, we just, we just had the Spice Girls. They just existed and they were brilliant. They were brilliant individually and as a group, 
But in places like Korea and Japan, like when they've got their pop idols or their J idols, K idols, whatever you call them, they, that is what they literally are. They are idols. And I mean, you will have grown men like idolizing over these um, pop stars, but to the point where they're almost godlike. And it is scary. It is scary shit. I remember seeing, I think it might have been like a Jonathan Ross documentary on it, uh, Japanorama. Scary shit, mate. When you say fanatic, they are fanatic. It is insane. From my point of view, all K-pop is fucking dog shit and it should be put in a bin. Uh, this is you trying to generate controversy. <laughs> no. I mean, a bit. I, I don't know how many K-pop enthusiasts are like massive gym heads, you know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what goes on beyond, uh, you know, what's inside people's headphones, what they're listening to at the gym, but I doubt it's K-pop. And if it is, like, what are they gonna do? fair play. You know what I say, mate? I say, get all the fucking K-pop fanatics, get them a set of pyjamas, put them on a train and send them on their way. End of. See, now that's just taking the piss. <laughs> you know, we'll discuss this. I'm not even in my character either. I'm not even in my Nazi Tom character. Uh, I don't know if I could do Nazi Tom. Well, it would be Nazi. What are you bringing? No- I- nothing I said there was to do with Nazis. What are you talking about? You I mentioned just, I just want- We both know where you're going yeah. with that. No, I said pajamas. Pajamas could mean anything. That could be just a cosy option for the. I mean, I doubt if you could even get the costume on eBay now. What do you mean the costume? You know, the, co- uh, the, whoa, whoa. the Prince Harry special. Stop right there. Stop right there. Fern has just piped up on Switch. K-pop is pretty good. So we do have someone who likes K-pop. Oh, there you go. Maybe you do get some gym heads that listen to K-pop. Oh, God, right. Fern's about to kick right off, isn't she? Ah, now I know what's running for her head when she's doing her running. Fern, I'd like to uh, <laughs> deeply apologise on behalf of the podcast for insulting your community. Uh, it won't happen again because you're going to be on a train and you won't be coming back. <laughs> right. To Birmingham. To, yeah, to, which, doesn't ex- Inside joke. which doesn't exist. Right, let's uh, let's move on to the actual episode, which is uh, it's gonna be, you can tell the tone already. It's gonna be a bit of chaos, a bit of fun. We are finishing with is it bad for you, the fitness industry, which we are obviously a part of, and um, it's, this is mm. gonna be we're, we're coming pretty loaded this one. So what we've basically done here to make our lives easier, essentially, is we are you know we asked all of you on our podcast Instagram, our own personal Instagrams, what do you hate most about the fitness industry, and we are essentially just gonna go through all of these and see what you guys think. And we're obviously gonna have a discussion. Some of them are obviously like quite funny and some of them are a bit more there'll be some more serious yeah. points of discussion to it um we've tried to blend it so it's not all it's not all fun but then it's not all serious it's a good 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 hybrid good mix but just to give it a blanket conclusion yes it is bad for you it's terrible <laughs> i mean, you ruined my summary my final summary was going to be that you know this entire series you've gone through saying nothing can be bad for you it's all context but i was going to say the one thing that is bad for you is this fucking industry and you ruined it now you've jumped a gun no, the you've, whole lot you've jumped is uh, unrepairable and I don't even say that out of satire. I generally mean that. <laughs> God, I've got two glasses of water on me. That's how fucking hot I am. Right. Anyway. Uh, I've got a mixer of tap water and uh, Diet Coke. Oh, nice little can. Is that a skinny can? It's a slim, it's a slim, slim line. line. Yeah. No, I've just got massive hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Where'd you get that from? Slim line can. I don't see them very often. Asda. Oh, Asda. All right. I, I don't know why it's a slim What size is it? Is it still three, is, does the shopping. Is it still 330 mil? No, no. It's about 250 Oh, the fucking joke! So I, I, I don't know what I don't know what's going for ahead at the moment with the shopping. Leave it to it. Yeah, leave it to it. You crack on over. You go. You go for it. Anyway, right. Um, but yeah, so we've got questions from you guys. Just to know if you do want to get involved with with the polls we do in the future for future series, or you just want to communicate with us on you know socials. Our Instagrams are listed down in the show notes, so you can head down there. The main one, the podcast one, is at chatshitgetfitpodcast, so you can follow us on there. We put a lot of polls up um, and videos as well, little video snippets, if you actually want to see our faces when we cross the line and insult K-pop. So yeah, let's now move into 
the first one. So what we're going to start is we're going to start with two that are actually from one of our patrons, Pete. So I think it makes sense we'll start off him. As just just naming them straight away. There's no, anon- no, there's no anonymity problem. here. Nah, Pete won't mind, is he? Right. He's, he's a big boy, isn't he? I'm sure he can uh, He can handle the, the carnage he's going to call well. I mean, it's like we're giving out a postcode yet. Yet, well, yeah. The first one, to be fair, mate, is actually pretty good, to be fair. So I don't think he's going to get any hate for this one. Is that... I'll read it out. This is me quoting it. All of the rips in six weeks or 14 days to shredded ab bollocks. Um, we also actually got another one which was similar to this by someone else. I'll read this out as well because it's no point repeating it later on. Is all the false information and misleading shortcuts and straight up lies from influencers. Oh, fucking hell, yes. Right there, isn't it? Go on, Bill. How do you want to start with that? I mean, I'm just going to echo stuff we've said in the podcast for us that we live in a now, now, now society and people yeah, prey, and people basically prey upon that. As in fitness influencers, they prey upon people's lack of patience. Anyone that gives like a specific timeline as to when they'd get their results is bullshit straight away. I mean, it's different if you say like, oh, here's a four-week strength training program. Yeah, fair enough, because you're just saying how long the block of training is. But say like you're going to get shredded abs in 14 days or six weeks. Well, you're not taking into account someone's personal body fat where it might take them longer, it might take them quicker. So yeah, anything that's kind of like hyper-specified like that in regards to the timeline is when you'll get your results is bullshit. It's also why I hate those kind of like old summer slim down challenge, like um, burn body fat in one month and stuff like that. It's like, you know, it's particularly in regards to successful, I want to say weight loss, but let's say fat loss, you know, it's a process of test and adjust. Who's to say that in that first month they might not have the support or the environment or the knowledge yet to actually even get into a calorie deficit in order to burn fat? Yeah, exactly. That's this is this is what I think you just pretty much put the nail on the head there. You cannot put a time domain on these specific goals because everyone's different. So it, it is frustrating, uh, but I don't think it will go away because people keep buying them. If you did everything right in the program, it was a generally good program. Uh, spoiler alert: most of them are absolute dog shit. But even if you did everything right, there's so much heterogeneity in regards to like how quick and different people can adapt. Some people adapt quickly, some people adapt slower. It'd be you know fat loss or muscle gain or whatever. It's like you're not going to be guaranteed getting a certain timeline anyway. Yeah, it's absolute bullshit. Goes back to the old saying, Tom. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And that's the same with this. If someone's telling you to get you fucking shredded abs in six weeks or fourteen days, let's be honest. If that was that easy, we'd all be walking around fucking shredded, wouldn't we? Yeah. So be realistic exactly. yourself. But unfortunately, this is why the fitness industry is bad for you because there's fucking people out there who know this is the case, but they'll get you, pull you in, they'll get you on this, they'll put you on some juice diet or some fucking like a very low calorie diet, which we've done a podcast on in the past, which is very dangerous. They'll put you on things like this. They will get you down to a significant body fat percentage, but you'll be miserable. You'll be probably ill. Sick. The old uh, uh, herbal life special. Yeah, you won't sustain it. You'll go back to square one after those 14 days and it's a fucking nightmare. So yeah. Actually, while I'm on that comment, Bill, can I just say how, because I, obviously I have flipped through the show notes. I'm very surprised we've not had one mention of Herbal Life. It's because they're dead and buried, mate. That was shocking. Yeah. yeah they're dead and buried, mate. Got, to be fair, some of these are like... You could kind nicked, of worm you could, their yeah, way into it. Yeah, you could yeah. work. Herbal, Herbal Life can worm its way into all of this fucking stuff. I mean, we've already done that with like this first rip, one. really. Just worm your oh, way in. Yeah. Well, this first one, mate, we've already pulled Herbal Life, haven't we? So, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so that's a good, good one to start with, Pete. But um, we, we got also from Pete, this bell end as well, Darren Cartel. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, make a long, drawn-out comment. I think it's made, been made very clear, my opinion on such people. Um, I do think, though... From a serious note, it is an absolute shame that for the majority of people, they see these influencers as the gold star of the fitness industry. 
Now, the thing is, I understand that not everyone is up to date with the current research or very knowledgeable in these things. And that's absolutely fine because actually it's quite a privilege to be able to have the time and the, the skills to kind of decipher the current research, etc., in regards to health, fitness, nutrition, fat loss, calorie deficits, whatever you want to, you know, whatever. But I do understand that obviously some people like to take others' advice at face value if they're considered an authority on the subject. Mm-hmm. And usually I think that's fine, depending on who you're getting it from. It just so happens that in this case, the vast majority of people seem to think that this is an authority on health and fitness, and they just simply ain't. And if you want me to go deeper into that, just contact me, because I'm, I'm honestly getting yeah sick of having to constantly explain to people like why I think these people are dog shit. But yeah, if you look past the theatrics and the illusion of their content on social media look past the theatrics and the fake accents and the you know the the, the cartoon character personality is there anything of actual substance they're trying to say beyond oh guess what if you eat less and move more you'll lose weight there isn't really and anytime that they have been open to debate uh, sorry i say open to debate <laughs> anytime debate. someone has tried to debate them on a specific subject i.e you know spinal flexion they they crumble basically in summary Dog shit, pee-pee-poo-poo, personal trainer. And we'll move on to the next one. So uh, this next one, you must do this, and then in brackets, insert something you could probably survive without. And then part two, you must do, you, know, you must not do this, insert something that you probably won't hurt you. Oh, yeah. To kind of link into what you said there, basically, which is, this is a huge one, isn't it? What is it we say, Bill? Well, only uh, Sif still in absolutes. Only Sif still in absolutes, yeah. exactly, yeah. I mean, I mean, this whole series has basically been about this, this comment that someone said yeah. in. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, you've got to be relatively reasonable when it comes to this. So, for example, yeah, technically, you have to enter a calorie deficit if you want to drop weight and burn fat. But that's if we've been reasonable. But realistically, in this context, I think we're talking about people that say certain movements or certain supplements or... Oh, yeah. You must take yeah. this to recover. You must you take must. this to sleep. Uh, yeah, you, you must, must do, do bird dog before you get under the squat rack. You must do this stretch. You must X, Y, Z. Yeah, you must warm up for this for this way to do this movement. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. No, no, you don't. Don't get me wrong. You might get certain benefits or at least perceived benefits, especially if it's a part of your ritual for warming up. But as far as I'm aware, there's no absolute must-dos. And that goes for exercise as well. I love barbell squats. I love deadlifts. But believe it or not, I actually have clients where that's not a prerequisite, where they have to do those things in their sessions. Don't get me wrong, they're great band for your buck exercises. And if we could get everyone doing those particular movements, wicked. Because they are so beneficial and they are such a low barrier exercise to do as long as you ain't got a fear of movement. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. but you don't have to do those particular movements. Just like you don't have to do rotator cuff warm-ups with a fucking band. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stupid one with a dumbbell or a small plate where you're doing those external rotations where the strength curve isn't even working the way you think it's working. The second part, you must not do this. Fuck me. I said this has this been the series, isn't it? You must not eat fucking yeah. non-organic food. You must not fucking uh, do upright rows. You must not flex your spine. You know, I it's... Think- yeah. I think all it is, it just highlights how powerful social media has become because people know that if they start talking like context dependent, it depends, it depends. People don't get excited. If they give you blanket statements of big red cross, you must not do this, or big ticks and you must do this, people engage with that content because it's oh, easy. God, yeah. Plus fear sells. Yeah, fear sells. Exactly. Yeah, exactly that. It's just yeah. it's the importance of language, mate. And unfortunately, a lot of 
this industry is really struggles with the use of language. They don't realize how yeah. important language is and how much of a difference it makes. Like, what did you put up earlier on Instagram about pain? There's two ways that people... Yeah, to perceive like, they are, it. Yeah. yeah, they either go through the experience or they see certain language about... So what kind of influences it, basically? There's different pathways. And language is a big part of that, so... Oh, God, yeah. Next one. I actually really like this one. This is a good one. Idiots who spout science, and science is in little hyphens there, that only exists in their own realm of reality. Um, and I straight away thought of carnivores because fuck me, they are always spouting science. Yeah. Uh, that that is apparently amazing when it's not, but it just seems to exist in their little bubble. Yeah. Basically, I like just cherry picking or people yeah, anyway, that yeah, just uh, just make shit up. Quite simply, don't get me wrong. Like, there are people that will read research and maybe interpretate it differently, or you know, I might read something. But then another person might pick up on something that I might have glossed over, something with limitation. And that's absolutely fine. I, I welcome stuff like that. But you do get people who maliciously, like, cherry pick. You know, they do cherry pick their results. If we if we take it, like, obviously you have them dig it. Idiots who spout science only just in their own realm of reality. I'm looking at the Scott U world, that oh, little God, yeah. ecosystem. Because they live in that little bubble of McGill. And he's fucking science. Um, only McGill exists and no yeah, one else. That, that is their reality of science. And is there anything that comes into that territory of other science? It's like, no, 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 no. This is not real. This is this is, doesn't exist. And look, it's not like it's got to be a dichotomy of like, um, you've got to pick a side, you know, on whose research or because research is research at end day, even if yeah. it's flawed or even if the conclusion is quite flawed as well. Because you do get that as well. You will get a conclusion that technically doesn't quite match up with the methodology. But any day research is research. It just paints a, a part of the picture. We can compile it together. But you will get people that will latch on to a very specific piece of research mm. or a particular researcher's work because it fits their bias. The problem comes, mate, is when people build a business around or yes. they build a character around the science. And the problem is, is that the moment the moment that science is challenged, you're challenging their way of life and their business. No, and 100%. 100%. I think we've mentioned this way back in the days of podcasts. I think we spoke yeah, we about this. But in particularly in this space, whether it be healthcare or personal training or even nutrition, is you will get people who build their whole identity and their whole business model on a single pillar. Mm. Now, the problem is, is if it come, research comes out and shows actually this particular pillar is not very effective or it's uh, wrong, you know, when put up to scrutiny of modern science, or if it even turns out there's actually one morning, one way to skin a cat, then that pillar is going to fall over. And that's your whole business and your whole personality, your whole business model is gone. Your whole training methodology is just toppled. This is why you should not get emotionally attached to this one particular method. So for example, in a physio setting or in a rehab setting, you might have people whose whole business model is just centered completely around cupping mm. or acupuncture or massage. Now, I'm not saying none of those things do anything because, you know, placebo is still something. But if current research comes out like it has done in the past years where actually acupuncture is no better from placebo trials, sham trials, yeah, or toothpicks. cupping is pretty much rubbish, where do you go from there? Yeah, your business is out the fucking window. Where, where's you your plan B? Yeah. So for me, I love barbells. But at the same time, I'll have a client that comes up to me and just might simply not want to use a barbell for whatever reason. I've always got a plan B. Oh, I've got a dumbbell. I've got a kettlebell. Okay, I've got machines. Okay, I've got resistance band. I've got calisthenics. You know, I've literally got you just being held accountable and walking to the shops 
always a plan B. But yeah, you do get these people that build everything on one layer of research. Therefore, their business model is held on one pillar. Yeah, so they will. They they are the cherry pickers. They will cherry pick anything to support their business because they need to. When there's people constantly combating it, they got. Well, I need to prove that my thing does work, so I'll cherry pick. And that's all of why this. I get very very suspicious when I see like a. Let's go for Instagram, for example. If I see someone's methodology in their name, it's not always a bad thing, but you know, it does tingle my spidey senses. Where it's like, oh, the the cupping physio. Yeah, yeah. you know. Or the, um, for example, the fucking, the neutral spine guy. I don't know. I'm just coming out of random things out of my ass now. But yeah, straight away, it's like, okay, they pretty much showed us their cards here. That's their personality. That's their business model. It's their way or the highway. With, with this industry, you've got to be adaptable because science is constantly changing in regards to it. Next one, the way the industry values aesthetics over f- actual fitness. I mean, there's only one way to spawn with this one, Tom. We live in a society. I think yeah, it's we do live in a society. <laughs> that is literally, unfortunately, that we have quite a visual. It's the first thing you see, isn't it? Visual. We're very visual creatures. Yeah. Simple as that. Isn't it? So this is a classic. And don't get me wrong, it can it, it can be inspiring. You know, it can I mean, be inspiring. And there is there is there does tend to be a crossover if you're you know if you're very ripped, you tend yeah. to be you know people tend to be quite fit. You could assume you know there's some crossover. Not always the case, though. It's not always the case. Just because someone is ripped doesn't necessarily mean they're knowledgeable. At the end of the day, if you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it's going to stick. How many people do we have that are absolutely shredded but are promoting fucking salt lamps for spiritual healing? <laughs> salt lamps. You know, thinking of mind yeah. pump there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, the thing is, if you live in that environment where you're going to adapt it no matter what, so you, we get a lot of gym rats do mm. pretty much live in the gym. They are dosing themselves constantly. Eventually, they're going to grow muscles. You know, they're going to grow muscle. They're going to get stronger. So actually, yeah. just by default, they've got stronger just simply by living in that environment. But at the same time, they might be promoting things like, I don't know. Well, I'm trying to think of pseudoscience at the top of my head now, but they might assume that, yeah, like uh, potatoes bad or cheese is bad. I think the problem as well, that the way, if you look at the, it's the question says the way the industry values. And I, I think I'll see what they mean in terms of when you look at social media and PTs, a lot of them value that as their like main selling point yeah and the problem is is that if pts want to sell their program or they want to sell their weight loss thing the only way that people get excited in this society that we live in is if they see some savage transformation picture of mm-hmm. someone who's lost loads of weight and got shredded and it, it doesn't matter if that if you put on thingy here's my client jane let's let, should I give you an example Tom? if they someone says this is my client john or whatever they have gained 50 kilos in their deadlift and they've got they've now got a sub eight minute mile well, we, if they then put the same picture with John saying, this is what happened to John after working in, he's absolutely shredded now. The people who are going to go for the shredded one opposed to the one where he's increased his deadlift, he's increased his mile run because straight away it's more exciting, it's more visual. And unfortunately that's, yeah. It's I have the way it is. never, ever posted a testimonial, a testimonial of one of my clients or before and after picture. In fact, I yeah. don't even, I, I make a point not to post anything to do with my client's and the reason being is that you're not them. So what if this person has lost a stone? Your your life stresses might be different. You might have a different experience. You might have different challenges compared to this person. So why the fuck do you give a shit what this person's doing? I could starve Jane, but, you know, does that... Do, do you see what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, your experience is going to differ. You're an individual Whatever I've done for person A, B, or C, 
is not necessarily going to correlate to you because you might have your own different barriers, your own challenges, you know, your own lifestyle factors. I think it's the easiest way to market though. I think that's why the industry as a whole values aesthetics over actual fitness because it's easy yeah. to market. It's so easy to put a picture. I mean, there's another one later, actually we'll talk about it now because I think it does come up later is about getting photo shoot ready. Yeah. Um, and that is the classic of a PT. Well, they'll spend, you'll do, their, you'll do a 12 week transformation course for them. And then afterwards, they'll pay money to get a professional photographer to f- photo you in a gym. You'll get all tanned up. There'll be perfect lighting. You'll be doing, you'll be doing exercise to get pumped up. And you have this amazing photo. Yeah. That PT, that PT then's got a great testimonial to use on their Instagram. Then you get binned off. You're gone off that 12 weeks. You're done. Yeah. They've oh, got that, a lovely photo. That's the Herbal Life special, isn't it? The crash diet, the 21 day challenge, whatever they call it. Quick rapid starvation diet. Got your picture. We've got that's all we need now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, the problem is the next punter. It work. It does work because people yeah. go go back and do more because you see a picture like that looking that good. You know, wow, look what that person's done. That's amazing. Right? I mean, this isn't so much on photo shoot ready, but I do want to go back to the original one, and that is as well is that someone's aesthetics or appearance doesn't necessarily mean they have sound knowledge or experience. Like at the moment, oh, so you, oh, so you're talking about from an actual individual PT point of view as opposed yeah, to the industry. Yeah, actually okay. from a professional point of view. And that's mm. the thing is a lot of PTs get judged on their looks, which yeah, yeah. isn't the most sound thing you can do, you know. No. I mean, if you actually look at some of the world's top tier sports coaches, some of these are little old tubby men that just sit down in the fold-out chair, but it's the knowledge they've acquired. They understand programming, they understand periodization, recovery. I suppose they've got clout, though. They've got more clout, though, haven't they? If it's a sports world, they they would have been probably known like to be in the world beforehand as like a top level professional. Do you know what not, I mean? If, as long as you've got the qualifications, not really. And that's the thing, it's the qualifications that matter here and the experience as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, I suppose, yeah. You know. Yeah. But um I do understand in society, no no satire intended there, Bill. <laughs> but in society, you know, people like the idea of, wow, this person looks like they know what they're doing. Not necessarily. Someone can have a really awesome looking car. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're great at being a you know a vehicle engineer or know how to fully operate it just because the car looks awesome. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a weird it's a weird one, isn't it? I think. But at the same time, it can be useful to set an example, etc. Yeah, it, I think it depends on the, it can depend on the context as well. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do if your your goal is to do a bodybuilding meet, you're probably going to work with someone who's at least got a picture of them at some point where they were an absolute bodybuilding like machine or they look like they know how to bodybuild. Yeah, and you know, you what? know what I mean? I think a lot of that is not simply because of how they look, but they've got the experience and they've suffered the experience, it as yeah, well. They, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the client knows they know how to get to there. It's like, and that, I think that's the problem. It's like, you, we, we know yeah. it doesn't matter what you look, a PT will be, a good PT will know how to get you into a good, if you want to get six back abs, a PT will be able to get you there. But just because the PT doesn't have them themselves doesn't mean they don't know how to, to do it. But unfortunately, people's minds will be like, well, you haven't got one. So how are you going to help me get one? And that's the unfortunate. It's kind of like it. if you wanted to, if you was joining the military, the army, the navy, the air force, whatever, I would recommend you actually go to an instructor or a PT or a coach who has some form of background and has kind of lived it a little bit. Because at the end of the day, like don't get me wrong, you could definitely pass a military fitness test by going to just a, like a regular PT, but. You, it is how to have that person that can like settle your nerves, explain what's actually going to happen, what will probably happen. Who's been who's been through the process? Who's done it? Understands like the intensity that's required and the mindset as well. I mean, one thing that I keep finding myself repeating to my clients that are joining the military is you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And a regular 
personal trainer might not understand what I'm talking about. Because, you know, with the general public, with my clients who are just general public, just want to learn how to lift, etc., I'll motivate them and I'll try and get them to go heavier and go more intense. But it's always like, look, it's your choice at the end of the day. You, you, I'm never going to force you to do something you don't want to do. But with my clients that are joining the army, it's like, look, this is required. I know it's, I know it's not nice, but it is what is required at the end of the day. And you need to get into that mindset of being able to push yourself to RP10 more often. Next one. This was another cracker. Follow my plan, but they miss out the key ingredient, steroids. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So you've, you have that, to be fair, actually, I've noticed this quite recently, is that a few people now, they've gone like, they've almost 180'd it and they're now being proud that they admit to it. They're like, yeah, I work. Right. I, I take him. They're like, work with me. But yeah, I take him. Yeah, it's fine. No problem. Like, they, they're, they're more open with it. There's people being more open with it now. Yeah. Instead. I think there's less stigma. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I yeah. don't give a shit if people take steroids. No, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're in a sport where they're supposed to be natural, which to be honest with you is none of them, you know, unless it's something like extreme kayaking, where I don't think steroids really matters, you know. I meant to say canoeing, not kayaking, because kayaking probably does require some physical prowess. Oh, I've seen a size of people who do kayaking, mate. Yeah. Absolute units. Yeah. I was talking about canoeing. There used to be a sport called extreme canoeing back in the day. Right, extreme canoeing. Yeah, but it wasn't how you think it is. Extreme canoeing, it used to be, and I swear I've tried to look at this on YouTube, and I'm sure this was a thing. I've not dreamt it because it was a oh, thing back in the early you've 2000s. You've, you've, you've definitely dreamt this, gone. Ex- extreme canoeing, it was like people that would do almost like a dance routine, but in a canoe, and they'd do it to music. What? And it was oh, called Extreme off. Canoeing. Nah, Mate, I've tried it. to look at this on YouTube. I've not been able to find it since, but it was definitely a thing. Because I remember someone doing Phantom of the Opera in a canoe. People doing Phantom, of the, the Phantom of the Opera in a canoe to music on yeah. open water. So you see how like in bodybuilding you get posing routines and people will come out to music and do posing routine. It was like that, but with a canoe. And as you can imagine, you was limited by what you could do in a canoe. Right. If anyone's listening and they've heard of this, please get in touch via Instagram or email down in the show notes because I need to know. If I need Tom's to know on. that I wasn't imagining this. <laughs> I have been concerned the past few days. If Tom is going insane, we're going to have to talk about his position on the podcast because this sounds fucking like, <laughs> what the fuck? Or I could Don't... just go down to the Lido and actually do it myself, therefore making it a reality. Put it on YouTube, put a little, put a little VHS filter on it, mate, and then you can, there you go. Look oh, there you go. Very two, 2002. <laughs> Very 2002, exactly, yeah. Um, back to that uh, steroid thing. I do, I get the, what they're trying to say, the point, because there are cases where people say, get this big, like, you know, I got this big in 12 weeks to follow this plan. You could have saying, but then they don't tell anyone that the reason they got that big was because they took steroids for 12 weeks. That's disingenuous. Um, That's- yeah, this is something that isn't going to go away anytime soon either. Once again, you get this in, like, a lot of bodybuilder programs. I mean, uh as much as he's a nice guy when he's not fucking oranges or whatever it was, you know, Kai Green, uh, bodybuilder, he was like releasing his workout programs. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like, come, yeah. Mate, yeah. come on. Yeah. We all know it what the secret go, ingredient is. Won't go away. It won't go away. No. That's just, that's part of it. Not anytime soon at least. Yeah. Next one. There's two here because they're quite closely linked up them together. Is that social media pressure. And then someone else said social standards. So social standards have always been there. Yeah. Um, and I think it has got a little bit better over the years. Um, you know, we can see that with like our advertisements for clothes now, where we do get bigger people in clothes, etc. But it's once again, it's not something that's going to go away anytime soon. Having these social stands where you have to look a certain way, you have to look a certain, you know, etc., etc. 
I think you're right. It's getting better. I think it's mm. getting better, but you still get you still get that social media pressure, though. Oh God, um, yeah. But then I think some of that as well. It's not. It's not just the industry side. I think some of it is self-inflicted in terms of people are very. They like to compare quite a lot, so they'll yeah. look at other people. They'll look at other people on social media, um, and they'll get upset because they're not like that. Or they'll be like, "I wish I was like that. Why am I not that good?" And stuff like this. Um, and that's kind of on the individual. That's kind of a mindset. We spoke about Nikki, yeah. didn't we? On the mindset, the mindset coach recently about self-talk, how you talk to yourself. And unfortunately, because we get addicted to social media, and we the algorithm keeps showing us more and more of what we want to see. If we keep seeing more and more of the stuff which you're reacting to, which is the stuff we don't actually like, and it's going to get in our heads that we're not good enough. I mean, I think it's always going to be human nature to compare ourselves to others. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. But things like social media have, yeah, certainly like made it worse. Um, and I mean, you get this, you get it really bad with coaches and PTs and fitfluencers, etc. as well. Especially in regards to like where people feel they need the high follow count as well to be seen as an authority. So I know I'm going off with the rails from the aesthetic point of view here. I know I'm moving away from that, but it's still social media pressure where it's like, oh my God, my presence needs to be like this to be seen as an authority. I mean, I post what once every year. I, I, I generally don't give yeah, a shit about my social media it. presence. Yeah. yeah. I'm active on my stories a lot, just don't post stuff because I'm like, I'm not desperate for that quick dopamine hit where it's like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. so-and-so who's not even read my post has liked it. It's like, who gives a mm, shit? Sure. Yeah. Well, you might have to now, mate. If you go to online coaching, you might have to get a bit more active on the old uh, social. Well, well, just um, just need to re- rewind a second to the canoeing situation. Fern has mentioned in Twitch, there's apparently something called freestyle canoeing. Hang a minute, hang a minute. Free, it says, maybe it's I like might have the canoeing. name wrong. Freestyle canoeing. Get this, this bell, this guys. Well, uh, oh my god, it's one of the top searches. My bad, it was freestyle canoeing. It is definitely oh, a thing. Um, in fact, oh, Bill, my god. look at this charming gentleman doing his freestyle what? canoeing. Oh my god, please tell me they've got the Phantom of the Opera on here. God, these guys are rad. I found my new sport, Bill. So, there you go. If um, barbell training, the pillar of barbell training, does eventually fall through then i'll base my <laughs> whole canoe. identity on freestyle canoe <laughs> freestyle canoe wow so there you go guys hold hold fire on your emails and your instagram dms we've confirmed it It does exist i mean freestyle look canoe. hypothetically let's say hypothetically how would you feel if you saw me in a canoe in the squat rack how would i feel yeah but i gave a legitimate reason as to why i was there it's sport specific i know it looks weird but it's because i'm into freestyle canoeing I'd probably think it was some sort of prank, to be honest. Yeah. If I saw a fucking guy cutting around True Gym or whatever the gym is with a fucking canoe. But for yourself, Bill, and our listeners, if you now witness that in the gym, you now know why. Just like how I'm not going to shame anyone if I see someone doing a Jefferson Curl, I'm not going to be freaking out over their form because I know it's a legitimate exercise. I now know that if you see someone with a canoe in the gym, it's for a legitimate reason. They are a freestyle canoeist. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, fuck me. Stand by for this one, Tom. This guy is absolutely fuming. He went in hard on the DMs. So, dickhead shit cunt PTs with a non-existent IQ who happily rip clients off, charging forty plus pound an hour to watch them do shit exercises like bicep curls or dumbbell curls. Sorry. What is wrong with a PT getting someone to do dumbbell curls? Yeah. What What is the problem with that? Because it's a legitimate exercise and it's something that can be programmed. Now, the thing is as well, is you just because someone is buying personal training doesn't automatically mean it's got to be complex and complicated. That's a novelty. That is a novelty. Um, I'll give you an example. I had a client in today. I had her literally just sitting on a plyometric box 
and then standing back up. And then I had her with a very light, very light six kilo kettlebell doing some quarter squats. I then had her doing some very light uh, kettlebell deadlifts with a 10 kilo. And eventually we went and we squatted an empty barbell, just an empty barbell, 20 kilos. Now, anyone around might look at that and go, I can't believe they're paying that guy for that session. What the fuck is he doing? Like, this has been unloaded. It's all in the context. So actually, that person I was training today has actually just recovered from a car crash. Yeah, okay. So a month ago, she her car got folded up like a fucking IKEA deck chair. And um, this was her first time back to the gym. Now, usually, I have her squatting with plates on. She's deadlifting. She's doing all sorts. But she had that fear of, I've, I've just come back from a car crash. And I think I don't want to do something to set myself off. So my objective today was just simply just give her a very low barrier. Like, look, come in. We're not going to do anything crazy. I had no expectations for her to be even getting onto a barbell, but I scaled it. I built up her confidence. Look, can you sit up and down? Yeah. Okay, cool. Can we do that with load now? Maybe just reduce the arm a little bit. Yeah, she could do that. Look, now you've got your confidence up and you can see you're not going to break or fall apart. Can we get you just onto an empty barbell? Yes. Now, when I see her next week, we can start loading straight away. But to anyone else, they might be looking at that going, that is a really shit feeling that PT's got to do. And it's all to do with context. Now, you might see a PT with someone doing bicep curls. There's nothing wrong with that. It all depends on their goals. Now, I'm not saying that you don't get PTs that just do the old quick, I'm going to write for something two minutes before they come through the door, I'm going to write in this thing. Then, oh, four, yeah, here's your program. Uh, yeah. That happens all the time. It happens in the gym I work at. It's fucking disgusting, but it is what it is. Basically, people are paying £40 for something that they print off of Google. As long as there's intent there and there's a reason for doing what they're doing, happy days. It might look dodgy, it might look suspicious, but there might be an actual reason for it. But at the same time, I will openly admit that there are PTs out there that just get you doing random movements with no goals and in mind, no objective, no actual reason for what they're doing. It's just, oh, it's there for the sake of it being there. Um, if you are ever concerned that you have a PT that might be doing that, question them just say why are we doing this what's the benefit and why am i doing it why am i doing it today why am i doing it at this time why am i doing it after this exercise question they, them. they can't answer that if they can't answer that question then there's obviously an if issue they there. start going <laughs> uh, you know get a new pt yeah if they say look i usually want to get you doing this but all the machines are free uh filled up so i'd rather just give you more bang for your buck and get you doing this instead just because the equipment's available okay at least they're honest i think this this particular the way they worded it either there's two just two things i want to look at really i there's the one of as you said if you see someone doing that you have to understand that there, there, there could be context there so don't jump the gun straight and think that pt's fucking just doing and making to do basic shit they there could be numerous reasons why they're doing that i mean my biggest issue is with the wording shit exercises like dumbbell curls it's a legitimate yeah, yeah, exercise shit. Legitimate too exercise, many yeah. people like uh shit on things like bicep curls as like oh, a bro exercise but it's a totally legitimate movement remember Exercise works off of a dose response, and if your goal is hypertrophy, muscle growth, you need to get a certain amount of sets in per week. Now, if you was getting all those sets in through a very heavy compound movement like a barbell row, that's a lot of fatigue. But who's to say that you don't do your four to five sets of barbell rows, and you add you supplement on top of that with a less fatiguing exercise such as bicep curls to add to that volume? There's always a tool in the toolbox, and it always has its reason. 
I feel like because of the loaded nature of the comment that this is potentially could be personal as in like they have felt that they were on the other end of being ripped off. Bicep curl. (laughs) Yeah. They could they could have well yeah they they could have walked to the gym uh, expecting to get a good session and and the PT could have gone right we're gonna do four by twelve bicep curls followed by four by twelve tricep oh, pushdowns that's my favourite the three and times then, twelve yeah and then we're gonna walk and then you ask you done I can imagine if they got given that and they were a little bit clued up you'd be a bit like for fuck's sake why have I just yeah. paid forty pound for this but this is why if you was in that situation hypothetically if you was in that situation ask questions. Um, it, it actually annoys me when clients don't ask me questions because it feels like they're just going for the motions for the sake of it. And if that's what you're wanting to pay for, okay, fair enough. But if you generally have a goal in mind, I want you to be asking me things. I want you to be asking me why we're doing X, Y, Z. Because the more I explain something to you, the more willing you are to do it and do it with intent. Yeah, communication is really key when you're you know, with a client. Joe, well, I could build. I've always got a way to worm stuff into this, but like as another military thing, we're back in you know the First World War. You just had your orders and you obeyed them. You didn't question them. And yep. then guys in fucking Vietnam, you know, was like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" You know. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, you're actually briefed on operations or why we're doing stuff. You understand why? If you understand the job at hand, you're more willing to do it effectively because you know why you're doing it. It's exactly the same for particular exercises, for training, understanding the reason why you're doing something. And you'll do it with more intent. Um, next one. So this one probably applies to the shit PTs who actually are shit and uh, not good, is the complete lack of regulation and the appallingly dated education that PTs receive. Now, fuck me, this is a can of worms. This could be a separate, this could be a separate episode. I mean, I did find an actual opinion piece on this. There was an actual paper. Now, it was a very small subject size, uh, I think it was only like 11 people. It was like the current state of personal trainers or yeah, something like there that. Go. Well, there we go. We've got, we got a weekly dose of evidence in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we managed to read it in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the issues on there mirrored thoughts that I already had in regards to the fitness industry. And the main ones for me is one, it's such a low bar to pass the course to be a PT. Also, there's so many different course providers out there. Yeah, and they're that's all really standing yeah, really on good a different hymn sheet. Yeah. So one course might say X, Y, Z, another might say something else. Their exams might be totally different. And you do get this. Uh, if you go to a commercial gym and you – so I, I manage a commercial gym and my PTs have all done different courses. They all have different belief systems. And I do have a major issue with the PT curriculum, particularly in regards to how there's a big lack of – and once again, this is mentioned in that paper – there's a big lack of the psychology of training. Mm. or behavior change or just understanding that everyone is going to have a different socio-economic situation but the problem with PT is they approach it straight away that they can assume that people have the tools and the and the financial necessities in order to be able to buy fruit vegetables they have the local supermarket they don't just live on like a an estate where the only place nearby is a BP garage you know they're assuming that people have all these things available to them there's another thing, and that is the severe lack of actual physical, you know, education there, which is ironic because it's personal training. A lot of it is based on theory, which is fine. That's absolutely fine. But I would rather not really give a shit about how many ventricles there are in the heart and actually go on to learning how to deal with different people and different populations and understand that everyone moves differently. I was going to say, mate, because when you like, if you look at the practical for the PT level three, for example, you turn up with fucking obviously because of COVID and stuff like you have to bring home, but normally they'd have like someone that you do it for. 
is just be a normal person and you'll just go through the advanced training systems. You'll just go through a few training systems, basically. It's like, what? how does that practically prepare you to deliver to a wide range yeah. of clients? Like if you're a young person, let's say you're like 19, 20, you get into the fitness industry, you've got barely any life experience yourself. Yeah, uh, that's another problem is a lot of the personal training courses appeal to young people with a lack of experience. And um, it's also one of those things where you do, it's, it's probably one of those jobs where you do need actual experience before you start the job. It should, it should always be like an apprentice thing, an apprentice scheme. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. It should be that. You like you shadow another PT and you work with a PT for a bit and that's how you get your qualification, not by doing some online fucking course. How like with doctors, you'll get like juniors who shadow you and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. It should, yeah. should be the same thing. You know, with now with personal trainers, you are dealing with people's health. Yeah, yeah. You know, you are dealing with people's health. It's... It's ridiculous that they're just like throwing people out there into gyms that ain't got a clue how to actually train people or understand the nuances of training different populations and their needs. But um, yeah, going back to earlier, there's so many different course providers and they all have different standards, you know. And then we have things like reps, which is like a, it's supposed to be the regulatory body of personal training. It's changed it's it's Simspa, 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 reps, whatever they call it. It's not. They don't regulate fuck all. Yeah, it's another way to doing? take your money. Yeah, mate, I paid for like one year of it. And then this year, they, they, they kept saying to me, oh, you need to pay the invoice so you can renew it. And I was like, no, I can't be asked. Like, it's done nothing for me. Yeah, it, like, it's, it just it's means bollocks. Nothing. There's no regulation. There is zero regulation. I don't understand it. I don't understand it because like they seem to say they're supposed to regulate it, but not once have I heard anything from them regarding my training, my my delivery of personal training. Um, right? Another thing is, and this is something I repeat over and over and over again, and that is our business is inherently linked with science. You know, we deal with nutritional science, physiology, biomechanics, just like cardiovascular, like so many things that are inherently linked with science in regards to our jobs. If that's the case, science is an ever-changing field, particularly in training, because a couple of years back it was, oh, no, you have to train to failure in order to build strength and muscle. But now it actually shows that, no, actually we could train quite far from failure. But then we've also got research that shows that, oh, well, depending on what adaptations you want to make, you might be best off approaching more towards failure for hypertrophy, less, you know, further away from failure for strength. Different rep ranges do these different adaptations. Uh, nutrition, how long ago uh, fat was the devil and now fat is okay. Carbohydrates were fine, now they're the devil. Artificial sweetness cause cancer, now they don't. It's constantly changing. So another thing is, the industry doesn't teach you how to how to actually look into the research at all, at all. That's a good point, doesn't it? There's, there's nothing, is there? There's nothing no. at all just how to interpret research, is there? So and the of- thing is, I do understand that obviously the governing body's out of date. So that's another thing. There's a lot of these courses are actually out of date. So some of them actually say you should not be having adolescents, children, weight train because it's dangerous for them. But actually current research shows that actually no, it isn't. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but the problem is with these courses, how much time and money would it cost to completely revamp their their uh, their curriculum every couple of months? They're just more focused on churning high volumes of people through the system. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Like you will get companies as well where they pride themselves on. Oh, we have like a ninety nine percent pass rate. Okay, so what you're telling me is you now have an incentive to get these people to pass, hmm. and it's 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 dog shit. It's yeah. absolute dog shit. The, the cricket is fucked. Mate, I'd rather do the opposite. You know when you've got like fucking the Royal Marines and say like only 1% fucking get through. It's like, yeah, that, that's more, it makes you feel like, fuck, okay, this is actually hard work. You've actually got to Anyone, can, As long as you've got the money for it, you can become a PT. 
anyone can become a PT. But you know what? Going back to, so you do get a practical exam. Um, it is absolute dog turd. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous, I mean, for example, my practical exam, I had someone doing uh, assisted pull-ups. I had them doing a barbell squat. I had them doing some form of shoulder press as well. So just standard exercises. And this was my personal exam, uh, my personal practical exam, right? So I had like a decline. I said that their objective was X, Y, Z. So everything was fine. Halfway during my practical, my assessor stops me. Right, actually stops me and says, yeah, I'm finding all this is a bit boring, so I don't think I'll be able to pass you. So can you make it a bit jazzy? We'll come back later and you make it jazzy. A bit jazzy? Jazzy? What do you <laughs> fucking jazzy? What? Yeah, like, can you, like, I don't know, like, get uh, doing the shoulder press with, like, I don't know, like, kettlebells instead, or can you, like, get her, like, on a BOSU ball? And it's like, what the actual fuck? This is the, this is the state of the industry. This is the people that are, assessing and telling people whether they've passed or not it's absolutely horrendous it's disgusting and then you've got nasm nasm's even worse oh spoiler alert by the way beginning of the year i signed up for a strength and conditioning uh qualification uh, course i didn't realize at the time that when i signed up for it, it was nasm um i have since decided it's too late for me to get my refund i'm just gonna let the quali- i'm just gonna let it run out i'm not gonna bother doing it i'm just i'd rather take the financial hit than get certified by nasm I'd rather just take the financial hit and lose five hundred pounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, with Nazem, like guy, I'm, uh, there's a guy that comes to my gym who's actually ex army, he's ex PTI as well, and he's learning to do his level three through Nazem. In fact, I think he's passed since, but he was doing it through Nazem. So we let him film his practical exam in the gym. They made him. He had to film it, so he had to. He had to yeah, he, he had, had to film, film it. it. Oh, so right. it wasn't actually in. It was in person, but not with an assessor. You had to film it and send it off. Fuck is and weird, they it? requested that he have them squatting on BOSU balls as well. And like, they off. fucking love BOSU balls and all that weird balance shit. But it's just such a state. The industry's in a state. Um, and I don't see it correcting itself anytime soon. Well, it's out of control, isn't it? There's no regulation. It is out there's no, of control. There, there, is no, there is no regulation. There, sh- there needs oh, to be something there. And here's it. the thing. When I did look into that strength and condition course for NASM, they started making some very odd claims in their course. You know, like with the courses, you still get citation numbers. So I was like, okay, where are they getting this shit from? Because I can't remember what it was, but it was enough for me to be concerned. That I was like, I'm actually going to go and read the reference they've given. I'm going to read the paper they've cited for this claim. Uh, I clicked on it, and you know what they were citing? One of their other courses. Fuck off. Honest to God. And that's NASM. <laughs> that's NASM. It is the worst. Uh, yeah, just please, if you're listening to this, you want to become a PT, please don't do NASM. Please. Please, God, just don't do NASM. I don't even know who you'd recommend at this point. Or who, who you, it's very who hard it? to recommend. There are... At this point, I can only recommend that there are course providers out there that might be less worse than other yeah, ones. Yeah, less shit. Yeah. Um, so my one with my uh, old jazzy assessor was... Uh, oh, by the way, my other assessor, a separate guy, was also saying, what's wrong with Herbal Life? If it gets you money, it's fine oh, to no. do. Um, that was with the training room, by the way. So if you want to train with them, crack on us who I did mine with. Um, look, just pass the course, then fuck off and go and do your own. Yeah, do your like, own thing. Uh, yeah. 
mm-hmm. follow up education after that. And I'm happy to help you with that, by the way. You know, just take a picture, of salt, mate. I mean, remember when I was doing my level three time? I was constantly sending like screenshots of stuff from the the, the the stuff I was learning. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. So I was like, sending you saying, mate, this is what, look at that. This is the shit they're going about posture and stuff. And I was like, look at this yeah. fucking. Do you remember? And I was oh, like, God, yeah. But we was like, do you know what? Don't burn your bridges. We need you to pass the course. Yeah, I need to pass the fucking course here. Yeah. And it's just a fucking absolute shit show. I mean, the stuff I was, it was one of those where you just, I, don't, I hate saying this saying because it's fucking annoying. Playing the game. You know the army saying play the game. That's literally what it was for the Play the course. game, shut up, smile, and then as soon as you pass your course and get certified enough that you can shit get insured, on the podcast. Um, <laughs> just uh, you know, just just forget everything you learned and just restart from the beginning. It's gonna take a bit of time. It's gonna be confusing as well because you won't know who to go to. Um it's you just need to keep an open mind. You, mm. chances are your course provider is dog shit but one thing I do want to quickly go back on as well is so that was my level 3 course right mm. my level 2 was no better that was with YMCA who was supposed to be like a, an authority on exercise <laughs> um, and this was actually in college as well so I actually went to a college for this so we actually had sports science lecturers where you'd think oh sports science lecturers that's going to be really Gucci we had one guy who dedicated a whole hour to talking to how he bet how Cows were bad because he saw it on this Netflix documentary. What's bad? Sorry, cows? Eating cows because on this Netflix documentary, he saw like X, Y, Z. He's not a dietitian. He's not a dietitian and he's fucking citing Netflix. Yeah, and he cited Netflix, who are notorious for bringing out fucking shit documentaries, if you like. That was just, yeah. So in regards to my education becoming a PT, it was not good. Do you know what some of my best education has been since I got in the industry? Doing the podcast, mate. Actually reading the research, actually, the actually diving into stuff. actually forces me to look into the current research. And I've had pleasant surprises and I've had to question my own belief system, but that's fine. Yeah. You know, I'm happy to be wrong about certain things because that brings me closer towards the truth. Exactly. That, that's literally what this podcast is about, isn't it? Like this is... You could literally listen to this podcast from start to finish and you would get, you'd be so much better equipped to deal with the industry than if you was to do a fucking two grand PT level free course with fucking. Um, I know that I have rubbed people up at work the wrong way because of my evidence based approach. But the thing is, it's like, it's nothing to have been smug or anything. It's just that in this industry, I understand that it is linked, inherently linked to science. And the thing is, Mm. I don't have a, a bias. Either way. Well, I do. Like, I, I love barbell training, but if for whatever reason research came out tomorrow to say that, I don't know, barbells cause cancer for whatever reason, I would I would begrudgingly say, okay, I need a plan B here. But it's one of those things where, you know, I don't want to be right. I just, I want to know. Yeah, I want to know, yeah. You know, as Carl Sagan said. Speaking of PTs in the industry and getting better after you finish your level three is this one. I actually like this. I would have said this myself yeah, if it wasn't I've, there. I've got Bar- one in my head already. Yeah. yeah. Barrage, barrage or barrage, how you want to say it? Of course. Barrage? Bit, bar- no, barrage. Was like, I said barrage. 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 barrage of course. That sounds really <laughs> weird, doesn't it? Barrage. Sounds fucking like, God, I sound like a right fucking Jacob Rees Mogg. <laughs> oh, barrage. 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 <laughs> well, Chris Ed Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor. Do you remember him? Yeah, I do remember. Just name yeah. dropping people once again, Bill. <laughs> well, I don't matter, does it? I, I, I very doubt he listens to this. If he does, I'll do it. Joe, you know what? I'm going to get us back on track with my one, and that is courses on biomechanics by people that, you know, just 
have zero fucking evidence and just assume that they know what they're talking about because in their mind, four plus four equals nine. But I just want to cut around on mine one more, and that is, yeah, these fucking biomechanics courses that courses, everyone yeah. seems to be offering at the moment. And it's just I send you on hardly that, I any of it. Yeah. Hardly yeah. any of it is actually based on any research. You know, you look at, like, the N1 courses, etc., and it's just the problem with, like, biomechanics is, like, biomechanics can be useful. Understanding it can be useful as well. But the problem is a lot of it just assumes... Oh, and it's just common sense. Well, just by looking at this, I reckon that if I was to move my arm slightly at this angle, I'm probably going to get more hypertrophy here because it shortens. And you get people that, like, say, they get so balls deep into biomechanics, it's like they cannot imagine doing a lap pull down any other way unless they was, like, facing into a bench with a resistance band attached around their elbow whilst pulling down the cable at a degree of this much because any other way to do a lap pull down is just inefficient. It's it's very easy to explain though. Like biomechanics is so to the uneducated or someone who's not clued up on it. It's so easy to like blind blind you with terminology. Uh, yeah, it's so easy to do. You can flim flam your gazongus. Yeah, it ma- it makes sense. So if the way when the, with the way these sort of biomechanic people explain stuff, it makes sense when you listen to it first. You're listening, guys. Oh, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So one of the Bill, do you know about Nostradamus? Nostradamus. Yeah. So Nostradamus basically made all these predictions, and you know, and the way they're written is they're very ambiguous and there's the translations as well. And it's one of those things where people say, look, this is word for word. This guy has, you know, predicted 9-11. Or he's predicted, you know, Israel and Palestine. Look, it's here word for word. But the issue is, is that it's so ambiguous and subjective that you could literally translate it to mean anything you want. And I find you get that with biomechanics as well. By using the right terminology and just making it sound convincing and just assuming you can make anything sound plausible. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you can't utilise biomechanics to, you know, optimise your training a little bit more. But it's almost like it's become do or die, you know, or do or don't. Where it's like, no, no, you have to you have to optimise your biomechanics this particular way for a bicep curl. Otherwise, the whole thing is pointless. Yeah. It's like, fucking hell, Ronnie Coleman has just been doing the bare basics for, like, years. Obviously, he's had a bit of special help along the way, but <laughs> with uh, the old Capri Sun. Capri Sun, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I can't stand his biomechanic fucking knob jockeys who go and take one Pat Davidson course or M1 course and suddenly they're like, they could talk about the compression expansion model, which, by the way, is bullshit, by the way. You know, and they just make up random shit. So they'll say things like, uh, oh yeah, like putting your shoulder blades back on a bench press is dangerous because it can flim flam your gazongus. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And I'll just crack on doing it anyway. Speaking of courses, Tom, I think we've got, because you've said courses about biomechanics, but I think courses in general. So now, not even that, mate. So there's like the amount of courses being provided by other PTs about being PTs in the fitness industry. It's like the gurus. There's fucking gurus everywhere, oh, mate, yeah. constantly on my feed. Like, I'm not being funny. There probably is some people out there who like will give out some good information but I feel like we're in the middle of like this Bill, savage course fucking be go really go on, really mean, spicy what here and what? say how some courses are nothing but gatekeeping bullshit so for example Dan John and kettlebells oh here we go so where it's like oh no no you should not touch a kettlebell or you should not be teaching a kettlebell unless you take Dan John's kettlebell course why 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 has this magical person you know, why is he the gatekeeper of this particular heavy object? I was you're talking about like specific things yeah. again, aren't you? Like specific. But why yeah, why, specific, why a kettlebell? Yeah. Hang on, so is it okay if I do a dumbbell swing? 
Can I do a dumbbell clean and press? What about if I do a kettlebell swim? What I do with a dumbbell? Am I allowed to do that? Or is it as soon as I pick up a kettlebell? So what's dangerous here? What? Why, why do I need Dan John? Sorry, Dan John's permission? Do I need it because I'm using that particular equipment, or is it because of the movement? It, it just makes zero fucking sense to me. Um, yeah, there's certain courses out there, aren't there? Where yeah. it's like you have to do this then, course to be able to do this. Like you, they do kettlebell courses, which can be useful if you're unfamiliar with a kettlebell course. However, you can still go and train some of a fucking kettlebell if you ain't got a course. It's the same with like I mean, yeah, if you want to do it, if you want to do it in a sporting setting, yeah. if you want to do kettlebell with the sport of it, yeah, fair enough, you go do a fucking I mean, sport course. Makes one sense, course I, I I did, and I, I got it for free with my level three PT, funny enough, and that was um it was advanced resistance training. It's an actual certification. It literally just tells you about drop sets, supersets, like oh, overcoming isometrics. So it's nothing special that a regular PT wouldn't know anyway. It's just that, you know, it's just like a little extra money grabber, isn't it? And a lot of these courses are like, they're just money grabbers. So Tom, if we go back to the, the, the original the original thing. So first you went on about bar mechanics. Second, you went on about Dan John. The actual question was... So we're, we're, the, the course is about being in the fitness industry. Oh. As in like someone telling you, do you know what I mean? They're saying to you, oh, are you struggling to be a PT? Are you work, are you grinding from, you know, six till six every day? Like for, I can help you grow your PT business. Are you, that's, this oh, is what the actual okay. comment was about. Wow, I went off this, a they said, course, <laughs> you, You've gone off the last like, obviously, it's, it's fair, it's all, good, it's all been good points, but I was, just, I was just thinking, we've not actually addressed the comment. You must have been waiting for me to just stop. Like it will stop yeah. eventually. <laughs> I mean, I was fucking, I was cocking um, the luger, mate. We were discussing this at work today, funny enough, and it's always like people that have like that maybe they've uh, they've been in the business for like a year before they've dropped out, or they've got like a hundred followers on Instagram and they're talking about building your following. It's like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> chill out. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. The thing is, you're not. not the question is, is. A lot of these, it comes down to courses in general, isn't it? There's a <laughs> pandemic at the moment. I feel like we're maybe coming towards the end of it because the COVID's finished and yeah. people aren't at home as much. But of people just selling courses about fucking everything without, like, and the question's always asked is, well, if you're so good at it, why are you not doing it yourself? It, it's exactly that. And you know what? YouTube, when you get YouTube ads and it's like, I can make you a billion dollars in a day. And it's like, why the fuck are you like, on why, YouTube? Why are you wasting then? your time? Yeah. Why aren't I you doing you I just want you to, a want massive to line of yeah. Charlie off a supermodel's Jaxi, if you're that fucking clued up. Mate, the best one is the uh, the free seminars, mate. Yeah, come watch my free seminar. Oh, um, free. I'll tell you the three. Oh, I'll give you, I'm gonna, listen to this, Tom. I've got my free seminar, mate. I'm going to give you three. I'll tell you now three hacks to unlock your PT business and make a billion pounds in your first month. I'll That's tell you what, you my free um, not like I'm one for like bullying or anything like that. Of course, I'm not I'm very anti-bullying. Bullying. But Wait, where's, where's this going? If you ever want to actually go to one of those seminars and then heckle them, it, it would be funny. <laughs> it would be funny, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but mate, it's so, it, honestly, I've never seen so many fucking gurus on my Instagram. I feel like there's more gurus than there are actual PTs now. Like, who the fuck? Like, where are all these? Where are they coming from? Just to add on to that as well, but it's when you get like the influencer gurus, people who... um you know, might go to the IFS and they're like, you know, teaching business models and teaching them sales funnels as if, you know, that's this not is, been a bit of basic knowledge from day one. What I'm getting here, mate, is it's the people, there's two camps. I've These people have basically identified that they are very good at marketing and very good at sales. And all they've done is they've got a PT level three and they've decided to become a salesman yeah. for a course. 
That's all they've been. They've either, they've either realised, okay, I'm actually really shit at being a PT. I can't be asked to stay up to date with the research. I can't be asked training clients. But what I'm good at is selling. Yeah. I'm good at marketing. So what I'll do is I'll market a course telling you to make, I can grow your business, your fitness business. You could do all the PT in. I'll just sell thousands of people a course on how to get there. Yeah. Basically, you've learned how to use, what is it, email chimp or whatever Canva. it's called, or Canva. Yeah. Canva, yeah, you know, Canva and MailChimp. And, and you've learned how to spam people with shitty daily emails. And the thing is, mate, you know what I've noticed as well? Like, I don't want to fucking sound like I'm digging at any individuals, but you notice that when certain courses or certain people come out, you start to see the same formula with other yes. PTs. They start, yeah. they release posts or they release content and it's got such a, it's sim- the same it's got a font. formula. You, it's the same yeah. layout. And you're like... Um, Oh well, that's interesting. You're like, are they are they working together or something? And then you realise they've all been on the same course. Just have some individualisation, mate. At the end of the day, people don't realise this, but when people work with you on a one-to-one basis, because they like you as an individual, most PTs can get you from point A to point B. But the thing is, is the journey. They need to enjoy the journey with you, and that's the important thing. And people don't realise this. If you go into this simple formula you learn off your guru, fucking John, it's not going to. People aren't going to be able to associate with you or get to know you they're just going to see you as this fucking standard bog standard i know some people do use business coaches that hold them accountable and i think that can be useful it's, it's personally accountability coach it's yeah, personally not yeah. for me but i understand for some people they like the idea just like how some people pay personal trainers simply for the accountability i can understand that where you're accountable to like you know that you expect to tell this person in the day that you've spoken to 20 people on the gym floor okay i can understand that but I do know what you mean where it's very obvious that these people are getting coached by or they've taken a course by where it's just like a copy and paste cookie cutter because like everyone else is literally doing the exact same font as you or colour scheme or graphic effect. And it's all buzzwords as well. It's all buzzwords, yeah. mate. Like you see some of the fucking, the language that these some of these gurus use, mate. It's so fucking the typical is, buzzwords. It's just... It's one of those things where it's like, what if, we, if we're talking about things like social media, what are you actually using your social media for? because you've got to come to terms with, like, what are you looking for? Are you just looking for more followers? Is it just like a dopamine spike thing? Or is it something where you're generally trying to educate people? If that's the case, then people will be happy to just take away your message with a black and white background. Do you know what I mean? Um, mine, I, I use my social media for one, um, networking with research and other scientists and... Uh, People like to post PubMeds and stuff like that, so that's what I use mine for. Obviously, I like to have a fuck about and a giggle and a bit of shithousery as well, but also I use my social media as a library for my clients. So straight away, if I have a discussion with them on something like protein or something or like physical activity or dosages for rep ranges, I can show them, go, look, just so you're aware, this is what I recommend, X, Y, Z, but if you ever want to have like a bit of a reminder, I've got this and you feel free to print it out, make a little booklet out of it, whatever you want. But the problem with social media is, People don't seem to realise if what do you want to be? Do you want it to actually be a coach, a PT, a nutritionist, a dietitian, or do you want to be an influencer? What matters most? The engagement in regards to number numbers or the actual real life engagement, which is someone's actually sat down and looked at your content and taken that home. And the best way to do that is actually look at the bookmarks on Instagram. See who has bookmarked your stuff. Who gives a shit about the heart reacts? I don't give a fuck about people commenting little fire emojis under my Fins. I don't give a shit because you've not read it you just post a thumbs up or a fire emoji you know I could post a picture of fucking Jimmy Savile and you'll still get some cunt underneath giving me a 100% <laughs> emoji because you know they just want to engage yeah. with me but yeah. you know I've had it where I've had like I've only got like 900 followers okay not even that I think I'm at like 800 at the moment but if you go back to my posts like you won't be able to see it but I've had like 15 
or 20 people bookmark something of mine. To me, that's like Save it, yeah. they've saved yeah. that so they can go back and take in that that knowledge. And I'm fully content with that. I'm fully content with that. And I wish I could do more of it, but time is a barrier for me, I'm afraid. Do you, do you know what I do with some of my Instagram posts, like the ones where it's like educational? I actually print them off at work and I staple them into a little booklet and I leave them on our table and I have people come by, read through it, flick through it. I've had some people take them home to the point now where I've been told off for using so much printer ink. But it's just little things like that I'm happy with because I know that I would rather have one person take that home than 5,000 likes. I think another problem as well with social media, like my content now is very different. The only thing, like on my own Instagram, I literally just share like training if I'm doing training, mm. just like a little bit of footage, yeah, just whatever, a bit of me doing some training. Or I share the podcast or I share some of the YouTube videos. And the YouTube videos are just entertainment. They are essentially similar to the podcast and like, they're educational, but they're entertaining at the same time, yeah. I don't think there's anything the wrong is- with getting a bit of buy-in, with a bit of... Ah, a new term I heard today, by the way, Bill, edutainment. Yeah, edu- that's what I call my content. We're an edutainment-based podcast. Yeah, we are an edutainment. That's what I call That's what my videos are. But yeah. the thing is, the reason I say that is because Instagram, a lot of personal trainers, if you actually look at, if you look at like an Instagram, uh, so if you look at a personal trainer's Instagram and you look at their followers, majority of them are other personal trainers. So you basically got this circle jerk of personal trainers following other personal trainers. Um, obviously, there's like, you know, outliers and there's some people who don't have as much but normally the ones who've got thousands they've got just loads of personal trainers so if you're just trying to market your products all the time you're just marketing to other people who don't want to buy it because they're trying to market their own stuff do you know what i mean it's just like if you can then release content which is more educational based like you are for example or like i think it's useful for everyone do you know what i used to be in that mindset where like i used to believe you could tell and in a way i still do to an extent there's a bit of context here but that is you could tell a lot by a person by seeing who they follow on social media. Yeah, sure. Uh, particularly in regards to the personal training industry. But at the same time, I know some people follow others simply because it's like watching a car crash. So, for example, I respect certain people, but they still follow Scott University and stuff like that. But I know that they're following him just to keep tabs on the wacky wild shit, lately, he says, so they can then be debunked. So I've kind of like lessened on that viewpoint a little bit more. Just the the whole industry in that point of view is just getting out of control, I think. And just like, I'm just getting sick and tired of it. It's boring me. Oh, yeah. I, I do generally think we should nuke the industry. I, I think it'd be so much simpler if we just went back to bare basics, like people going into gyms and just like meeting people and being like, right, oh, I want to work for you. You're, kind of, you're quite cool. Let's go work together. Instead of having to put fucking 14,000 Canva pictures on Instagram with fire emojis. It is a high churn industry. Once again, I'm speaking from a point of view as a manager. Um, it has died down I'll be honest with you it's actually been very hard for us to find staff in the past year but I think that is due to COVID there was actually so if you go into Statistica it did show that during COVID there was a massive drop off in personal trainers which I can kind of you know I can expect because there was no furlough and it's very hard to conduct business without being face to face unless you're Zoom based but yeah it is that kind of industry where it is a massive high turnover it's a flooded industry. If you're in a gym with four or 5,000 members and there's 10 of you and you've got to spread that training between those members, I think there could be certain things that could help. So, for example, some gyms, and I generally believe if you have a client, those gyms should be allowed to let that client in without actually even having a membership. It should be a perk of you know working them as a PT. But the thing is, like, so many people get romanticised with personal training courses 
like you know you're going to be working in an industry you love you're going to be doing what you love like you love training so you'll love training people you're going to work with bikini models you know you're going to train bodybuilders you know you're going to be swamped you're going to be paying you're going to be getting paid 60 pounds an hour and it's like actually it gets romanticized you get to gym but then you're by yourself and it's very hard for personal trainers to get support in a flooded industry well, it's very self-employed based, isn't it? So it's um, yeah, it's very difficult to... Especially when you get young people who have never had a job before. I think that's why a lot of PTs turn to these courses with these gurus, I'll call them, because they then feel like they're part of a, they feel like they're part of a team and they've, got, they've actually then got support. Yeah. Because you can feel quite a lot... When you get into the industry, you can feel quite lost, yeah, because at the end of the day, you don't really know the business side of things and all that. It can get quite chaotic. So what do they people do? They turn to help and these gurus are very good at marketing, very good at you know, advertising yeah. and sales and stuff. So they'll draw you and be like, you know, I can help you out. I can take this, you know, we can turn your business from a two clients a fucking month to a hundred clients a month. And you'll be like, oh, that sounds amazing. Um, and next thing you know, you're on some, you're in some free, free seminar on Zoom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before you know it, you're going I mean, to the we, IFS, you know. Yeah. To, I mean, don't get me know. wrong. Some, some of them will be good. And there are some I've seen out there which do provide some really useful stuff. But a lot of it, is fluff and it's just like random oh God, shit yeah. that doesn't re- it doesn't really add anything too much like daily emails too- send a daily email yeah you know a sales like, funnel oh, you don't have to fuck me you can get this off google you know yeah, it's- it's- yeah. people are more like- people are more likely to take action on things they buy aren't they so that's Joe you know, what that's that. one of the simplest piece of advice I'll give to someone that is wanting to be a PT is to set your expectations and the thing is I understand some people go into it as their full time job straight away which isn't always a good idea. A lot of PDs have a part-time job and then do it on the side until they could build it up organically. The thing is, not a lot of people want to hear this because in the courses you're told you'll get to work your own hours. Not quite true. When you're first beginning, you pretty much have to live in the gym. You have to be seen. You have to be considered as part of the furniture. Because I said, if you're in competition with nine other staff members, nine other PTs, and let's just say you know Dave wants to get a PT, he's got nine people in his head already. But what he needs to do is he needs to think of straight away, when you think of a PT at this particular gym, you should have someone's face pop into your head. So you need to be seen as like the person. You're always there. And that could be off-putting for PTs. But also, so and this works both ways. This is one, so you get actually seen advertising yourself on the gym floor, but also gives you that practical experience that the courses just do not properly provide. And that is train friends and family for free at first train them get that experience you're actually seen hands on you're piquing people's curiosity but this is things that courses just don't teach you they just romanticize it so they're trying to fire you through that's why they're trying to give you the well, basic wait stuff you on you three to grand to. a week yeah all right and then they're wondering why they're charging peanuts at 15 pound an hour that's fucking that's really low isn't it um right we're on to the next oh this next one fucking here we go right I'm going to call this little fucker out there. Right, listen here, Barney, right? He's put your podcast. That's not his real name. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be making spicy comments of that name. Barney. Not fucking Barney Rubble. <laughs> <laughs> Barney Rubble, right. So what we're going to do with this little fucker, okay? You're going to get your fucking Hugo Boss on. You're going to grab your Luger. I'm going to pull out the strap pyjamas and get the train up. And oh, we're going to deal with this fucker in our own terms. It's okay? way too hot for Hugo Boss. I mean, did the... i tell you what, like, if you go back through history in World War Two, right... With the British, we had like the Africa Corps, like the, the the Africa Corps, like British Army. We had like a really sick corps. corps. Do you mean corps, mate? Or corps? I mean, actually, Fucking it's I, ironically, it's because I was thinking of the German version, which is the Africa Corps. You know, <laughs> God. You know, I'm actually trying to think of the other ones. The good guys, the British. Yeah, 
Um, but we had like a really sick like summer edition uniform. We had those little shorts. You know, we had the little pull-up shorts, the little shorts. But I don't know, with the German army, they just didn't have any kind of summer edition clothes, did they? I don't think they had little short shorts. The British very, did. Um, they were very Empire from Star Wars, weren't they? Like yeah. dark and... I know. I wouldn't fancy that. I mean, even in Star Wars, like with their stormtroopers, I don't think they had any like hot edition clothes. I don't know. They, I reckon they had little air con systems going on in the suits. I mean, did they even have wet kit? Wet kit? Like, did they have like any Gore-Tex? Like, surely it must rain on Endor. Well, I don't know. Those suits look pretty high, high end. To be fair, though, the stormtroopers, though, they actually, to be fair, people always don't know this. We know like the stormtroopers in Star Wars. Yeah. They were seen as like more of the like elite things. You know, they had like the actual Imperial Army, which is like just normal soldiers. Have you, you, know, have you seen the film Solo? No. Well, that, there's one, there's a scene in that where there's like a massive fight, like a battle, and that's the only time they actually show the Imperial Army where they're just wearing like normal fabric clothes. Oh, oh so technically they were, they were allowed to roll their sleeves up. Well, yeah, they were just like normal blokes, yeah, yeah normal, normal soldiers. I don't think like stormtroopers were allowed to roll their sleeves up. Yeah. No, yeah, but stormtroopers are just like the, uh, they were the fancy troops, and then you had like the normal Imperial yeah. Army, which was, um, I sound proper nerdy, here, I, don't I? I mean, yeah, I mean like the- <laughs> if the Stormtroopers was their, their elite forces, then I'm fucking concerned for their army, because Mate, fuck me. They used to miss. They used yeah. to miss so fucking much, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, God. Like, that's uh, that's on another level. I love how we got the Star Wars from that. I love I how this conversation's going. What the fuck are we I'm talking about? Like- <laughs> we're talking about Star Wars now. I'll tell you what's not bad for the fitness industry, Star Wars. Star Wars is incredible. Uh, I'm saying that. Sifts don't, Sifts don't deal, uh, Sifts deal in absolutes, don't they? So they I do can't indeed. really say that. And they roll their sleeves an absolute, up. Yeah. Which is also an absolute. Mm. Rule sifts. Rule sifts are rule sifts. On to the next one. <laughs> All right, this one. We need, to, we, need to address this. <laughs> we need to address this one, Tom. Who the fuck is Saj? I feel like we need more details. Oh, that's my co-worker. And, uh, someone, someone, said in, someone literally just said in the word Saj. Yeah, he is an absolute, like, grenade. A grenade? Yeah, social grenade. Does he, po- he listen to the podcast, does he? Well, he's just, he's just not be... what He does... And he'll agree with me when I say he should not be working in a gym environment. Why, is he a nonce? No, I don't think he is. <laughs> I don't think he what is. is. I mean, I can ask he, him fucking, tomorrow. Was What is he, a predator or so? <laughs> but no, <laughs> funny enough, we was talking about predator. We watched Prey. Uh, he said he watched Prey. Yeah, Prey, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we took that. I mean, it's a good film. I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. But no, what I just mean is like he comes out with some very inappropriate things in a gym so environment. So he's a predator. So he's a, so he a predator. Maybe, but maybe like a good predator. How can you be a good predator? Well, he's not like a bad predator. He's not Andrew Tate. He's a good Fucking predator. Fucking hell, mate. You sound to sell out Harvey Weinstein, aren't you? <laughs> I, was, I, was a good, I was a good predator. I was a good predator. You know? <laughs> okay. I don't know how I can even justify that. Like, good predator, bad predator. Yeah. I was a oh, kind it's subjective, predator. isn't it? I was a kind predator, a gentle predator. It's, it's not subjective, is it? If you're a predator, you're a predator. You're not I mean, <laughs> moving on rapidly, one thing that I do want to quickly mention, I know we was going to gloss over this, but just because it is a good one, that is uh, is one where it's those who make money out of people's insecurities with questionable products and services. Um, I am probably going against what this person had in their mind at the time, but one thing in regards to the PT industry is that there are a lot of personal trainers that purposely sell fear. And this is when it comes to things like posture, etc. People sell fear like, oh, God, your posture is terrible. You're going to hurt yourself. You know, I, we need to fix that. Not, oh, you need to fix it. It's, we need to fix that. Or, I can fix you. So things like that, yeah, insecurities that way. Obviously, there's the whole thing about, oh, you're, you're a bit fat, you know, we can do this, or, or you're really weedy, or you've got small calves. But in particular, fear people sells, that sell fear. And I do know so someone like that, and it balls my piss. 
thing is, what makes us worse that point there is with questionable products and services when people are selling stuff that's actually shit to make you feel better. Yeah. Like, oh, fucking, no, you, you need this product will fucking, this product will help you with this problem. They'll give you the fear tactic of, oh, do you want to fucking look good for your wedding, do you? Do you want to, you know, do you want to, you, you want to fit into your wedding dress? And then they'll try and sell you this fucking yeah. body shaker, like this body board, which is supposed to shake your fat off. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, God, the old school 1950s gym yeah. equipment. Yeah. Yes, they'll do things like that uh, by preying on your insecurities, but essentially of not fitting into your wedding dress. Yeah, with those people, fuck those people. That is a, we live in a society, but a marketing society. We do indeed. That's what I'll say. That's what we I do, do indeed. indeed. Um, we're from Saj. Um, <laughs> Hey guys, I won't keep you long, I promise, but what a perfect opportunity as you are fully absorbed into this week's episode to quickly tell you about our mega amazing membership support platform thingy called Patreon. Um, now, Patreon is a membership platform for creators, so what it allows you to do is subscribe to a membership tier, get some cool little bonuses from us, and you help support us. So by joining our Patreon, what you're really doing is you're helping support the running costs of this podcast, and you're going to allow us to do some cool things in the future, like hopefully buy some new cameras to really improve our video footage, potentially some more microphones in the future. I mean, even though these are pretty good for now, and something we really want to do in the future is add some you know cool merch in there as well but that's not free is it so all the money that goes into this membership platform is being put back into the podcast and you also get some pretty cool things in return as well such as some of you could be listed as producers of the podcast you get access to any future q a's we do you get access to live podcasts ones that aren't on twitch you could also potentially get a personal video from me and tom um, thanking you depending on which tier you sign up to uh, and there's loads loads more in there as well so essentially, guys, head over to patreon.com slash podcast, and you'll be presented with three tiers. And the first one is the price of a cup of coffee every month. So yeah, hopefully we'll be chatting to you over there soon on the private Patreon feed. Anyway, let's get back into this week's episode. Next one, this is interesting. Detailed meal plans. Now, this is actually a bit dodgy, isn't it? Because technically, um, this yeah. shit be happening. So Unless you're like a dietitian. This might really. shock like, this some people because they might not know any better, but a personal trainer, unless a dietitian, and even with a nutritionist, I think it's a grey area, isn't it? Yeah, no, your nutritionist cannot give you like a full-on meal plan. A no. personal trainer can guide your nutrition and give you advice, general Suggestion, advice. Yeah, suggestions. And yeah. it's very ambiguous yeah. as to what exactly mm-hmm. you can say. But detailed meal plans, we are not allowed to be doing that. Period. We are not allowed to be doing that. And if mm. you, if, if you are getting that, then that's a red flag. That is a red yeah. flag. And the thing is, like, meal plans, they might have some uses, especially in, like, a, an athletic situation. But for most people that are trying to make lifestyle changes, it actually doesn't do anything, really. No, this is – and this is this is, this is is the main problem with it, Tom, is, like, I understand, like, if you're a client and you're getting a detailed meal plan from a personal – and you're happy with that and you and you don't mind it, great. Like, they're obviously not supposed to do that, but there's not – you know, we live in a society, as I've said about 15 times, that it doesn't matter. But the, the issue is, is that if they're giving you a detailed meal plan, it's like, eat this for breakfast, eat this for snack. It's monkey it's see, like, monkey snack. do. Once you stop using your personal trainer, what then? Yeah. Because you no longer have anything planned out for you. It can be useful in some situations, but in general – it actually it stops that autonomy. With personal training, a good personal trainer won't just be doing monkey see, monkey do. They'll be helping you to kind of shape your beliefs. They'll help educate you. They'll help support you as well, in particular what you do outside the gym in regards to like nutrition and your lifestyle changes, etc., and kind of dispel any myths as well. 
But in regards to meal plans, it takes away that autonomy. In fact, you should be helping to educate and encourage people so they can, you know, it's tailored to their own nutritional needs. It just goes down to that sustainability thing. I, th- I feel like what really works well with people is when you get them to do the thinking, is when you make very vague suggestions and they'll go, oh, what about this? This is a good idea, isn't it? And you're like, actually, that's a really good idea. If you say to them, oh, you could probably do something a bit more like this in your diet, that'll probably help you if your performance over. And they go, actually, what about this type of, this would be a good meal, won't it? And you, there you go, yeah, there you go. That's a great idea. And then they do it themselves. They they feel good because they've got the idea and they're more likely to sort of, you know, stick with it because they're the ones cutting up the solutions. You're not bait. You're not spoon feeding. Bearing in mind, what we're trying to do is we're trying to elicit behaviour change, and behaviour change isn't forcing someone to do something in regards to giving them a detailed meal plan. It's about actually trying to influence them so that they can build the self-efficacy and the autonomy to do this themselves, so that when they do eventually leave the nest away from their personal trainer, they've been given the skill set and confidence to do something themselves, and that includes making their own choices in regards to food without it being planned out for them. I mean, we're all different though. Some people might like that. They might like having exactly what they need to do yeah. all day. But just, but just know, in long run, I don't think it's a very wise thing to do. In my personal, I understand opinion. if it's like an athlete and you need your nutrition tailored. Yeah, that's a bit. You know, one like percent of the world. That's like a one percent of the world. But isn't for it? the general population, which is where most of this stuff occurs, and yeah, look, just bear in mind that a PT knows they know from day one they're not supposed to give detailed meal plans, and if they're doing that, it's a red flag straight away. It's unethical. Next one, movement is bad. Once again, this is due to a lack of education and uh, understanding and keeping up to date with research. Do you know what? That's going back to earlier about research. It isn't just a case of where they don't teach you how to interpretate research, but the vast majority of PTs just can't be bothered. Even if they knew how to, they would not be bothered. It's uninteresting to them. It's boring to them. it's very time consuming as well. Like obviously you may enjoy it, but people don't realise people don't realise sometimes that when we do this podcast, it takes us like the whole week to like research one tiny topic. Yeah. Because there's so much research to read into. And it's not just a case of just like pulling random papers that are asked. You actually have to look at them yeah. because there's a lot of them out there. And it take it takes time. And unfortunately, PTs, some of them are like, Oh fuck that, I won't do that. I'll just remember what they told me on PT level three, that'll do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but once again this comes down to a severe lack of you know, continuing education and critical thinking. Uh, I, I want to say, like, I can't blame PTs in that sense because straight away it was stacked against them. You know, mm. you're only going to believe what the education system has actually taught you, which sadly is absolute dog shit. But where I do place blame on the PT is when they are given the, the education and the research to kind of look into close towards the truth in regards to that there's no inherently one bad movement but you know when your belief uh, system is questioned straight away you're on the defense and a lot of pts take that personal and it's not like you're you're being personally criticized it's just that look you've been lied to it's okay you know it's not you but at least just consider that maybe we have been bullshitted in regards to movement being bad uh, and we'll go for one more before we move on to a final point, and that is hustle culture. Yeah. Now, this one is not really. This is not really. This is not really PT industry specific. I'd say. I think this is kind of like societal specific. But, because at the moment, there is. But there are a lot of PTs that do the whole rise and grind hustle culture. Yeah, and it's and just grind, cringy yeah. and boring, and it's yeah. a it's a lack of understanding your job role. I've seen it where PTs, and I actually took like a picture of myself the other day of a terrible ms paint job rolex on my arm as i was working with clients on my little laptop but it's like when you get pts that take a picture of themselves 
in front of like a rental sports car, mm. you know, or they take a picture of them in a coffee shop, always with the watch on the show. They've got a show they watch. It's it's a part of the rules. You know, like, oh, dealing with clients today, and it's a picture of them with a flashy watch. Like, who gives a shit? What are you trying to prove here? Or when you get people that say, there's there's one guy here who in his profile had West London's busiest trainer. And it's like, all that what? tells me is that you have a I... high turnover rate. All that tells me is that you have a high churn. Because if you was doing your job properly, you would not be able to have 24 clients a day. <laughs> Because all that means is that you're a pen and paper PT. You're not actually dedicating any time to them outside of that personal training session. They're a, they're a pen and paper PT very quickly, just like, yep, here's your cookie cutter plan. Give this to all these clients. A, a busy trainer might be a financially successful trainer, but actually it just means they've got a high turnover rate and they're a great salesman. I think hustle culture in general, though, is I think people need to understand the difference between working hard and grinding and hustling yeah. because – People, people run the risk, especially like now of that burnout. Um, and then you get, pe- and this is where you get lots of issues with mental health in that re- in that regard because people push themselves yeah. to the point where they feel like they have to be hustling, they have to be grinding, or they'll never succeed. It's like, no, just because you're hearing some fucking Instagram influence telling you that you need to rise and grind. The most clients, the most clients I have in a single day might be free, but mm-hmm. I'm confident enough that I can charge a very very understandable but decent amount for my clientele however if i wanted to i could charge someone 10 pound a pt session and have you know 10 clients a day and i'm like yeah i'm always hustling i'm always hustling the service quality of the service quality of the service is going which then reflects the price or sorry the other way around the price reflects the service yeah, because if you're doing 10 people a day, mate, the time you get to that 10th one, you'll be fucking knackered. Yeah, and you're not actually dedicating any time to them. Yeah. You know, it's very telling. A lot of PT work is outside of that session. I'm on my laptop cross-referencing their trackings, you know, seeing what their stress has been like, their sleep, seeing what their run times are like for things, etc. I'm texting them outside of the session as well. You know, it's a lot of time is dedicated to it outside of that. So if I'm saying like, oh yeah, I've always got clients, I've got so many clients, I'm saturated, I'm saturated. All that tells me is that all you're doing is you're just dedicating that one hour to them. That, I mean, if I talk about from my anecdote, from my point of view as well, when I do online coaching with people, the maximum I will take, so I've got four at the moment, the most I will ever take at a push will be five. Mm. Because the time it takes required, if I start taking more than five, yeah. This is going to dip. The quality of service is going to dip. I'm not going to have time to do it. So I'm literally just going to be giving them fucking shit. You want to be able to give them as much attention as they deserve. They're paying for a service. Yes, you want to give exactly them the best that. possible service. It's supposed to be an individualized service. And the issue is that straight away, if your PT is making a big deal about how they're always hustling, getting this bread, you know, rise and grind, um, mm. busy, busy day, got this many, this many, this many. All that tells me is that you're just a number to them, ready for the next high turnover. I want people to know if, like, if they do. You know, if you're work, if you're working the PT, you, you you want to know that you're you've got their you've got their attention, you've got their undivided um, support throughout this process. Yeah, no, hundred percent, mate. Um, but you know, a busy PT, so you could be busy in different ways. You could have ten clientele, you know, in total, but you're busy in the sense that you do a lot of work outside that, designing programs for them, doing weekly check-ins, you're doing video calls with them, as opposed to like, yeah, I've got 40 clients. And it's just like, boom, 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 one after the other. Uh, client number one, yep, in you come. Yep, client number two, client number three, yep, whatever. Boom, 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 over and done with. Um, I tell you what, Matt, I know you wanted to kind of skip through these, but the last one we've got to do, and that is PTs on their phone during PT. Um, there's no other way to say this, but... Bear in mind, sometimes your PT might want to show you something on their phone, like a really dank meme. 
or more likely it's to do with their program. If you've got their program online on the phone on the Google Sheets, I understand that because I do that. Or if you're actually showing them something like, look, um, this is, oh, here's someone doing a squat. Uh, look at their joint angles. I don't know, something random. If it's related to the session, great. But if you've got someone making phone calls or texting away, and I know this is going to upset some people that I, might mate, listen I to can't, this. I can't baffle it. Mate, I surely, surely this doesn't happen. I cannot believe this happens. I, I, I'm sure I might upset someone by saying this. However, straight away, it's sacked. Sacked. Yeah, 100% sacked, sacked maybe. PT. Mate, how can you have the audacity? If someone's paying you £40 an hour or something, for example, in a PC situation, how have you got the audacity to whack open WhatsApp and start texting back your mate? You, I get miffed off whenever I'm watching something. And Joe, you know if Fern is still listening to this, she would know. But I do something called my my coaching position, which is where when someone's squatting or deadlifting, I go down into that uh, crouching position. I'm, I'm in my little crouching. I've got my PT, yeah, my PT squat where I'm crouching down. I'm watching from the side so I can see all the angles happening, you know, seeing how fatigued they're getting because if their back starts rounding we know it's not inherently dangerous but straight away to me it's like oh okay the RPE seems to be shooting up here fatigue certain yeah yeah so I'm always watching I'm watching every rep and if someone comes up to me to say oh look are you using the other side of the barbell alright it aggravates me because it's like shit I've missed out watching and seeing what's happening with my client obviously I'm not going to be a dick about it people are welcome to ask me I'd rather they ask me after the set etiquette so that's the better thing to do but it's like I could not fathom not paying attention to my client, I yeah. just cannot fathom it. Yeah, I get, I do get that. I do get a bit of frustration with that. If you're trying to, if you're in a CrossFit box, it must be different. It must be like you know, you're trying to watch your client, and someone comes over with their canoe and starts freestyling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, like there's canoe a couple of people kipping. in the, there's a there's a couple of people in the gym who um, I do a bit of online coaching with. But whenever we have like uh, if we ever meet up in person, we won't even though the, the gym's got like a coffee bit, we'll always go to like another place just yeah. for that sort of that more of that privacy yeah. because we know the people when, you, when you've got people you know they're more likely to come and have a little chat or say oh hey. it was like well, no we're in the middle of a this is this is a one to one chat now where you're paying me for this yeah this time. I don't think it's fair if we get distracted every two seconds by fucking you know Tom Dick and Harry coming up saying fucking how you doing you right yeah, yeah. do you want a coffee oh fucking here we go lot so yeah just just fuck off <laughs> in the nicest way possible so uh, yeah thanks those guys for those sending those in it was uh, we actually got quite a lot uh, we missed a couple because they were quite similar I don't want to go yeah. on too long because obviously you'll get a repeat but um, I mean I've put down here if we got any others the only one that really I wanted to talk about was Echo Chambers frustrates me oh yeah in that this links to not only as we spoke about earlier with like people in their own little science Echo Chambers but even with like influencers like fitfluencers whatever you want to call them how they have got like their own little echo chambers of they could put some absolute dog shit content out which is wrong for example but their their little fan base fuck me you say anything in the comments Mm. you unleash Armageddon it absolutely kicks off, and I think this is this is what I mean. It's it, it can't, it's very frustrating because you can't win. Yeah, these echo chambers are fucking robust, mate. They are like they are they are hard to deal with. Do you know what? Another piece of advice is: look, you are going to take some people you're going to be drawn to, and you're going to take the information at face value, and that's not inherently a bad thing. But what you do need to realize is that at the end of the day, the people you follow and you get your information from, they are still human. They are still human. And humans can be wrong and they can be biased, you know, and they can be dicks. Even if you appreciate the education or information someone puts out, they can still say something that is off putting. You haven't got to be emotionally attached to your idol. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they'll just disappoint you, you know, and it happens all the time. There's people out there who, from an educational point of view, I will listen to what they have to say. 
But then I know that they've posted some really very unsavoury things that I do not fucking appreciate. There's certain people. I mean, we got one person, didn't we, that got sent in a certain individual as one of the questions. Yeah, it's someone who I respect in the science field, but as a person, yeah. I think they're really... It's a person, yeah. You know, and there's, there's, a few, yeah. there's a few people out there, mate, they're saying there's some really, really top-end sort of professionals yeah. in this industry, but from a personal point of view, there's stuff that we know and stuff that other yeah. people know where you're kind of like, fucking hell. Obviously, I... I just want to say these are things that we won't ever reveal. Like this isn't for clickbait or anything like that. But um, you know, it's it's just understanding that people are humans. Don't get attached to them. No. You know, mm-hmm. don't get attached to them. And that is one of the problems I see with the IFS. Lot is people get attached to these what I call a cult of personality. Yeah, cult, exactly that cult personality. They get this. They build up this massive echo chamber. And the problem is, mate, it's because these personalities build up such an echo chamber. All they're being told every day is, "You're amazing. You're really good. You're fantastic." Sometimes, like emotions can run run high as well. And like you might follow two people who you highly respect, but they might have conflicting views. You're like, "Well, you don't know what way to lean." It's like it's okay to sit from both points of view. So I don't know if you've been keeping up to date with this bill, but it's been like a whole debate in regards to weightlifting belts. Uh, and this is between the what we call the evidence-based community. And it's like both people are arguing for and against. I respect both in their individual ways. But it's like one of those things where it's like, well, I can agree with this person in this context, but I also agree with this person in this context. And sometimes you, you can actually see the middle ground that, them, that these opposite crowds just might not see themselves. And then you just kind of realise afterwards, why the fuck are they even fighting? <laughs> like It's over stupid shit. Key is don't get attached to individuals too much, okay? Unless you listen to this podcast, we are superior. Unless we're wrong because <laughs> we're human. Unless, unless we're wrong because we're human, yeah. Which well, we, I am at least, don't know about you. <laughs> we, we have been wrong in the past though. Oh God, yeah. I mean, look, I'm refining my opinion all the time. My my opinions on things like stretching and massage have relaxed a hell of a lot more, particularly in regards to stretching, static stretching. I still think it's vastly overrated. However... It, you know, like my stance on it is relaxed a hell of a lot more. And I'll openly admit that originally, I think my original viewpoint was that there's actually nothing mechanic, mechanical happening with regards to adaptations with stretching. It's all neural. Actually, I've completely 180 on that. I've I've, ch- I've changed my opinion on that. And I'll, I'll happily admit that because once again, it just means I'm a bit closer to being less wrong. I mean, there's going to be times in the future now. I mean, as the podcast grows and as we do more and more episodes, our episodes are going to get years and years old. There's going to be stuff out there which the data we've, we've cited in that episode will be like five, ten years old. I mean, I'll likely be dead by then, but yeah. You'll be what? What? Why will we be dead? What's that? Well, I can, is that a train I can hear in the background? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Right. Carry on. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. This will be the last episode we bring up the, uh, the you know, the obvious. Jesus. We'll leave, we'll leave it off there. We'll leave, we'll leave it there after that. Um, so really, we'll, we'll leave it there, I think. So the question is, guys, as we wrap up this season of is it bad for you is the fitness industry bad for you well tom kind of spoiled at the start there um and by saying yes and after going through all of the fucking chaos that we just have for the last hour and a half or so you can see why it is bad for you yeah look it, look I'm, I'm not gonna end this on a positive note the, the, <laughs> the fitness industry it is beyond repair in my opinion it is fucked, and I think that is also because, like, a lot of people put too much faith into authority figures, so to speak. Too much, too much authority is then placed on like people's follower accounts or their own anecdotal experience, etc. There are good people out there to follow, but the easiest piece of advice I've given, you know, it's not going to be simple. And it's a big, complex situation as to why the fitness industry is fucked. 
it is inherently fucked and there is no way it's ever going to be fixed. But the easiest piece of advice I'll give is just to be a critical thinker and don't get attached to certain tribes or certain idols, so to speak. Be be willing to change and adapt with the research if you know how to, you know, read research. <laughs> or And there is some good there is some good sources out there to help with that. Yeah. Didn't um what's his name? Was it Science by Jay? Didn't he put a post about reading research? Yeah, he did. Ages ago he actually had some resources like how to actually critically appraise studies, etc. Yeah. And you know what? Kind of going back as well a little bit, even if you was able to read research, there's so many barriers to being able to actually read it. You know, like a lot of research is locked behind paywalls. And what is it I said a while back? One of the fucking issues with staying up to date with research and science is that misinformation is free, but actual evidence and actual research is usually locked behind a paywall. It costs, what, up to $30 to unlock one research paper. I mean, you can pirate it with Sci-Hub, which I fully recommend you do. Sci-Hub, mate. It's the uh, the secret Minecraft library, if we go back old school for our yeah, long-term yeah, listeners. old school there, <laughs> the secret Minecraft library. There are ways to get around it, but it's just that misinformation is so easily digested because there's no nuance, context, or you know, actual discussion involved around it. You can post a single caption image saying XYZ is bad, or XYZ is the only way, and people just lap that up. So yeah, misinformation is free and ready available, but actual evidence and sound advice, sadly, is behind paywalls and other barriers. And do you know what that is, Tom? Because we live in a society. It's been a pleasure as always, and we will see you See you next time. See you next Bye. time. See you later. As always, thanks for listening. Well, that's it. That is the end of this series, but... As we always say, if one of you lot sends us in a cracking episode idea that does fit this series, we will definitely look at doing so. If you have enjoyed this series though, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating slash review on your podcast app. It takes a few seconds, but does make a massive difference. We will see you next week, maybe, because I am moving and it is very stressful and very chaotic. So maybe we'll have a week off. But yeah, maybe we will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.